is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yes, it is, and it's always a pleasure to be here. My name is Vinnie White. Pat's pressing the buttons. It's a live show. 9.08-ish is your time. News Talk 1010 is your station. And we are live presenting to you a whisked, news-flavoured souffle with opinion dressing topped with a comedy banana. Uh, the Vinnie White Show is the name of it, and you can get in touch with it, slash me, 416-872-1010, if we get time to take some calls, but we always get time to take your texts on 71010, so do text away. Um, so, recently, I think I may have told you this, I got a motorcycle, midlife crisis, and um, I've been quite frustrated by how I haven't enjoyed it to date, because I've realised that, essentially... If you're in Toronto, you're in traffic. Uh, and if it's the only time you can really not be in traffic in Toronto is about three in the morning, which isn't the greatest time to be riding a motorcycle because it's dark and there's always that possible idiot pisshead that might ruin your life quite quickly. Um, so I've been uh, away. I used it for what it's built for getting out of the city this weekend. And I loved it. It was great. I went up to Lake Simcoe. I had the girlfriend on the back and a bag packed and everything all organised. Obviously didn't organise a hotel. Why would you do that? You can do that when you get somewhere. <laughs> I was on the motorcycle and uh, I hit a, a thunderstorm. And uh, that was a bit harrowing at times. Uh, girlfriend was uh, a bit shaken up, but it was all right. You know, uh, we, we just braved on through it. And it's quite difficult when you've got all the gear on. Obviously, when you get wet, you, you, <laughs> denim tends to absorb moisture, is what I'm saying. Anyway, we got up to uh, Lake Simcoe, which isn't far away, by the way. It's only about uh, probably an hour and a half or something, once you're out of the city, which takes two and a half years. And um, and when we got up there, uh, a bit later than planned, obviously, thanks to the weather, uh, went to a gas station, right? Thought, well, this will be our base. Grab a cup of coffee, get the old phones out. New world, isn't it? Phone around a few places. Get ourselves a hotel or an Airbnb. The world's an oyster. Do what we want here. Let's have a go at that. So, uh, got the old uh, phones out. Airbnb. I don't know what was going on with that. Didn't work. Didn't work. Most frustrating thing ever. Airbnb, I thought the whole point is, if you've used it a couple of times, then you become trusted. I don't know if I've got the worst reviews ever, but attempting to get an Airbnb last night on my phone... It said, please, can you upload your ID? Which, I, if there's one thing I despise, it's uploading my ID to a website that will almost definitely be hacked in the next few years and then someone's going to take on my identity. Good luck to them. Um, so I did that and it rejected it and said, no, you haven't taken a good enough photograph. So I'm in a gas station near Lake Simcoe photographing my ID to upload it so that I can be verified by Airbnb. It's 9 o'clock p.m. And it's not a dodgy up there. It's all right, isn't it? It's all very friendly, but, you know, it's not ideal. Just at that point where I was almost definitely going to have a massive argument with my girlfriend, of which it would be absolutely entirely my fault, but obviously I couldn't possibly admit that under the circumstances. And I was aware that that was brewing, as was another storm. And I was like, ah, oh, this isn't really the best day on a motorcycle ever, is it? Um, and then so Airbnb just failed on every possible account. If you're the CEO, please do punch yourself in the face. It saved me a great deal of time, bother and uh, law-breaking. 
if you're the CEO of Airbnb, please give a good old slap, really good old slap around the old chops, if you don't mind. Your company was a complete disaster last night. Two people, two phones. I'm a graphic designer with web building skills. I'm not that incompetent. I couldn't work it out. Absolutely impossible to use. So now we phone around every hotel. Not happening, right? That's not looking good. Then, after all that, it's getting on for 10. Car pulls up. Dodgy bloke hanging out. Says, you're right. I said, not really. No, we're trying to get a hotel. He goes, well, I've got to drop my friend off here, pointing to this this young dude in the car. Right? I'll be back in a few minutes. And if you're still in trouble, then maybe we can come to some arrangement. Which was a little bit scary. But I, I you know, at the same time, it was also beautifully refreshing to have someone take an interest and help out a man in need and a woman in need. Anyway, long story short, he came back. He said, what's going on? I said, we can't get a hotel. Airbnb doesn't work. We could drive all the way back to Toronto. It's not ideal. It's a bit, it's, you know, I wanted to wake up, dip my feet in a lake, have a little splash about, eat an ice cream, do all the things you're supposed to do. Uh, any ideas? And he said, I'll make you an offer. At which point he pulled out a machete. No, that's what happened in my mind. Sorry, everything was fine. He said, I'll make you an offer. He said, I've got a Winnebago in my front yard, right? How about you come and sleep in that? Now, <laughs> I said, are you going to be sleeping in it too? <laughs> because that might change the arrangement a little bit. I am loving your offer, by the way. Anyway, right, this bloke was called Mike War, And I thought, you know, I'm always up for a bit of a laugh, bit of a giggle, bit of a change. So I said, yeah, I'll come and sleep in your Winnebago. He said, all right, I'll be sleeping in the house. Don't you worry. I'm a nice guy. He gave me his full name. He told me his address. He said, follow me. Uh, I've got this he's a clapped out old Jeep, right? And so we go, um, and it's quite hicky up there, isn't it? Like up by Lake Simcoe. I was in a place called Sutton. And um, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Like, <laughs> that's why I went, to get out of the city. But, you know, every now and then you see a clapped out pickup truck and it's weaving and you think, I'm pretty confident he's drunk. Yeah, it's a bit of a national pastime up in that neck of the woods, isn't it? Drinking in garages and then just meandering home. Uh, trying desperately not to hit deer along the way. Anyway, long story short, we end up at this bloke's um, Winnebago. Gorgeous, right? It's got a king bed in it. Never seen anything like it. Presses a button, the whole thing pretty much, not doubles in size, but it gets way bigger, right? So that's all lovely, right? He says, do you want to use the bathroom or anything? You can't use the one in the Winnebago, so you'll have to come in my house. My girlfriend's busting for a pee, so she she goes in. I think I'd better go in with her, you know, <laughs> at this point. Um, so I go in with her, right? And uh, he says, do, do you want a beer? I said, I could kill a beer. I could kill a beer. And we had a, a bottle of red wine and some stuff, right? So we start with a beer, right? Sit around his kitchen table, meet the dog, right? He's about 70, lives on his own, and he breaks it straight away. He says, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm dying of cancer, right? But if there's one thing I've uh, decided to do in my last few years, it's be nice to uh, fellow humans. And I said, well, you're doing a bloody good job so far. You've given us a bed. I said, listen, can I give you a hundred bucks for this? He said, oh, that was so stupid. As he started pouring some red wine. Fast forward, two hours later, I'm pretty drunk, I'll be honest. So is the missus, so is he. We have had a brilliant conversation. Really mega interesting guy. Travelled the world. Used to work for uh, CSIS. Then he set up his own company, uh, which involved a great deal of travel. And then he took that Winnebago, the one that we were sleeping with, through every province, every territory and every state in America. So there were so many stories to be told. Such an interesting, nice, rich, uh, honourable and just this really beautiful, 
in every possible sense man, really. It's just it's a very inspiring conversation. And then, of course, it couldn't help but become quite reflective because these were his very final years. So there was a sort of melancholic tone to everything because he had a lot of plans and aspirations and hopes. And well, it's probably worth mentioning, he also had quite a lot of money and a lot of properties. And he felt that it was all rather pointless and useless in his uh, last few years. He said, I've got three years if I'm lucky. And all I want to do is hang out here with my dog, drink the odd wine. He said, but I can't think of anything better to do this weekend than have a couple of strangers like you. So then we go into his Winnebago. He makes sure we're all safe and sound and uh, disappears. Wake up this morning. There's a note on my motorcycle. Says, coffee's on. Pop in whenever you want, Mike. Walk in. Obviously, no locks on the doors up there. Straight into the house. Pours us a coffee. He says, listen, I know you guys might be on in rush to go elsewhere, but I know a great restaurant. Can I, uh, can I take you for breakfast? So I said, I'd love that, right? So I'll go for breakfast with you. Obviously, I'm thinking, oh, brilliant. This is my opportunity to pay for breakfast and finally say thank you for this incredible hospitable act. Right? So we jump on the bike again, follow his old clapped-out Jeep to this uh, place, beautifully named, and you'll know it if you're of the area, Two Chicks and a Grill. You can sort of see what's in there. And uh, had breakfast, right? Eggs Benny, gorgeous. So I, I nip off to the old bathroom, and on the way I say to the waitress, listen, don't let this guy pay, okay? Let me, let me just throw you some cash right now, and uh, because I've got a horrible feeling. He's, he's very hospitable. I think he's going to pay. And she said, oh, he knew you'd do this. He went up to me at the beginning of the meal and said that he won't accept any money from you. He's already paid for you. So now this guy who's found us at a gas station puts us up in a Winnebago, has coffee on in the morning. He takes us out to this great restaurant, family vibes, like a little independent, cool restaurant. And I was chatting to some other bikers there as well, trying to be cool. Yeah, mine's a 750cc. Oh, yeah? What engine blocks ice? Don't know. Don't know, mate. Don't know anything about it, to be honest. Uh, let's stop the questions there. I'm wearing leather. I look the part. Um, so, yeah, meeting with all these other people. And then uh, Mike Wall, the legend that he was, whisked us off and told us a few places that we should go. And uh, indeed, we went to the lake and dipped our feet in the water. So, bit of a long ramble, but I want to let anyone know that uh, thinks that chivalry, hospitality and the good nature of Ontarians is dead, that it absolutely isn't. A wonderful reflection of a human being called Mike War, who did uh, my girlfriend and I a wonderful service and uh, really looked after us in a time of need. And I thank you. And it makes me feel very warm and fluffy about the whole of Canada in general. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Pat, the producer... Did I just hear an advert saying that Tom Jones, the Tom Jones, is coming to Toronto? Indeed. Not a replacement, like a comedy version, an actual, the Tom Jones. The Welshman himself. Mm. He's got a chest on him, hasn't he? It's like a big puffed out pigeon. And then when he gets going, like it's just before the performance, you'll often hear him go, ha, 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 I went to the doctor once, I said, uh, Doctor, doctor, I feel like Tom Jones. Doctor said, that's not unusual. You're welcome. Um, they've all tuned out, you say? Oh. Right, let's do some newsy poos. Oh, and speaking of newsy poos, Amanda Capito, our resident news junkie, will be in later to talk to us about all things newsy poos. Uh, but first, let's have a quick walk around the world and see what happened this week. Starting in Thailand, Thailand just made it the law to ban dishonest politicians. That's amazing, isn't it? They made it law to ban dishonest politicians. 
Better still, top judges in Thailand and uh, key cabinet officials who lack ethical standards are also swept from power. So this sounds positively dreamy to many voters of many countries, including the US, where we're now at a case of three out of four adults say most people in politics cannot be trusted in the US, which is the least surprising thing since ashtrays on motorbikes aren't a great idea. Uh, This policy of enforced honesty is now the law in Thailand, but there's a major catch. Honesty is determined by a group of unelected bureaucrats all beholden to a known army known for enforcing its political desires with tanks and crackdowns. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, This is a new political system designed by Thailand's military junta. And now they have been uh, validated by referendum. Conservative generals have reason to celebrate. Under the system, a hand-picked Senate of several small councils will yield immense power. It's great in principle, isn't it? But then so, so is blue cheese on a steak. No need for it. Too flavoursome. Um, enforced honesty might just stop some of Trump's flip-flopping, though. Have you actually heard this man? I know that it's like... John Oliver made a great comparison last week. He said the, the BS that comes out of Trump is like a bed of nails. Each individual piece of BS goes on to support a man. Um, but there's one particular bit, a wonderful compilation of Trump clips talking about his friend, friend, Vladimir. There's more flip-flopping from Trump on this than anything, I think, ever. More flip-flopping than a man named Philippe Falop who owns a beachfront shoe store. This is his... Uh, Last few years talking about how he's friends with Vladimir Putin, but he's not, but he is, but he isn't, but he is. What exactly is your relationship with Vladimir Putin? I have no relationship with Putin. Do you have a relationship with Vladimir Putin, a conversational relationship or anything that you feel you have sway or influence over his government? I do have a relationship and I can tell you that he's very interested in what we're doing here today. He's probably very interested in what you and I are saying today, and I'm sure he's going to be seeing it in some form. But I do have a relationship with him. I have no relationship with him. But if you have no relationship with Putin, then why did you say in 2013, I do have a relationship? In 2014, because I spoke... Because he has said nice things about me over the years. I remember years ago, he said something, many years ago. We did 60 Minutes together. By the way, not together together, meaning he was probably shot in Moscow. Well, he was in Moscow, you were in New York. York. That's the thing. No, just so you understand, he said very nice things about me, but I have no relationship with him. When I went to Russia with the Miss Universe pageant, he contacted me and was so nice. Yeah, you said for three years, 13, 14, and 15, that you did have a relationship with him. No, look, what what do you call a relationship? I mean, he treats me with great respect. I have no relationship with Putin. I don't think I've ever met him. I never met him. I don't think I've ever you met him. You would know it if you did, I think you? so. Yeah, I think so. I was in Russia. I was in Moscow recently. And I spoke indirectly and directly with President Putin, who could not have been nicer. Never spoken to him I've on the phone? I've been in Moscow. I didn't meet him in Moscow. Where? Never spoken to him on the phone? Uh, I have never spoken to him on the phone, no. You did say on three different occasions you had a relationship with him. Now you say there is none. Well, I don't know what it means by having a relationship. I mean, he was saying very good things about me, but I don't have a relationship with him. I didn't meet him. I haven't spent time with him. Uh, I didn't have dinner with him. I didn't uh, go hiking with him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know him from Adam except I see his picture and I would know what he looks like. And what adds insult to injury, he actually once said, when it comes to memory, I've got the best memory, believe me. 
but he doesn't remember saying that. <laughs> oh, isn't he funny? Although slightly scary. Um, but uh, those of the, you that aren't a massive fan of uh, Hairdo will uh, appreciate what an Iowan Republican said this week. An Iowan Republican, by the way. Uh, said uh, Trump is underperforming so comprehensively it would take video evidence of a smiling Hillary drowning a litter of puppies while terrorists surrounded her with chance of death to America. And even then, it might not work out for him. So I, I think his polls have gone down since the old uh, slagging off a grieving mother. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Amanda Capito soon-ish, but also I want to talk about uh, the longest living vertebrates known to man have been discovered. Have a little think about what the oldest life span might be. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. This week in Greenland, an amazing discovery. Greenland sharks are now the longest living vertebrates known on Earth due to some new research. Researchers used radiocarbon dating to determine the ages of 28 sharks, Greenland sharks, and estimated that one female was about 400 years old. Isn't that amazing? The team found that the sharks grow at just one centimetre a year and that they reach sexual maturity at about 150. 150 till they peak in the bedroom, in the underwater bedroom. That's great, isn't it, if you're a shark and you're no good at sex? You just remind other sharks... Listen, I'm 140. In 10 years, I will make your tail flip and your teeth shatter. Uh, a marine biologist from the University of Copenhagen said, We had our expectations that we were dealing with an unusual animal, but I think everyone doing the research was very surprised to learn the sharks were as old as they were. So old. 400 years old. Uh, formal apology to the Danes there from News Talk 1010. Uh, Carlsberg is a reliable alternative beer on the plus side. I did damage, then I brought it back. Greenland sharks are huge beasts. They grow up to five metres in length. They can be found swimming slowly throughout the cold, deep waters of the North Atlantic. The former vertebrate record holder was a bowhead whale that was estimated to be 211 years old. But the, but this shark is 400 years old, which is just amazing. But if invertebrates are brought into the uh, longevity competition, then uh, beat this. Oldest thing ever, right? 507 years old, a clam called Ming. Hmm. A clam called Ming hit 507, the title for the most aged animal. Some very dominant, powerful Set of words. And I am a clam called Ming. Respect my age and ability to shelter. Break me at your peril and suffer my clammy taste if you dare, because I am a clam called Ming. Amazing. Uh, some text so far. Uh, you should get him on as an interview to pay him back. I did ask him if he wanted to come on the radio, and he didn't, because he's very humble. By the way, if you're not sure who he was talking about, I got stuck at a gas station last night near Lake Simcoe, and someone saw me and put them up, put me up in their Winnebago on their front yard while they uh, slept in their house, and then woke me up with a nice note on my motorcycle saying, coffee's on. 
and then bought me breakfast. Much to my irritation, because I didn't want him to buy me breakfast. I wanted to buy it for him, but he insisted on uh, good old Ontarian hospitality. So I'm, I'm actually, if anyone's got any ideas on how I can repay him, other than mention him on the radio, I did think because he said he was a fan of Billy Connolly, the Scottish comedian. So I think I'm going to send him some Billy Connolly DVDs. That's one thing. But if anyone's got any other ideas, how I can say thank you to this guy because he's just an absolute legend. Do text him in on seven ten ten. Um. Right, what's going on in Ontario? You know, this well, is another amazing story. $1.5 million worth of antlers stolen from Ontario taxidermy shop. Did you hear about this, Pat? I did, but I don't understand how, because it has to be a physically massive amount. Yeah, well, it is, but it's. I'm just surprised by their worth. But I've done some math, so hopefully we can work it out. So this happened in Caledon, just down the road. Ontario Provincial Police are looking for suspects after $1.5 million worth of moose, elk and stag antlers was stolen from a taxidermy shop in the most Canadian robbery ever. Uh, Police say thieves arrived at Advanced Taxidermy in Caledon about 2 o'clock in the morning, Friday morning, right? A black 2011 Ford DRW pickup truck was also stolen from the parking lot along with one of the trailers, right? Police say a 2008 Calm CC black enclosed trailer had 69 sets of moose, elk and stag antlers valued at one and a half million. So, let's work that out. $1.5 million divided by 69 sets of various antlers. That's $21,000 a set. Is this a personal evaluation of these antlers? Because <laughs> I, 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 I grew up around, around hunting lodges and everything like that, and I think the most expensive set it was beautiful that I ever saw, I think, was $800. Well, I did googly poos. A, um, I, I typed in rack of antlers, and I got large rack of Alaskan moose antlers with unusual points for taxidermy. Right, they look like antlers to me. But if you're a, yeah. if, if you're proper into antlers, you'd be like, oh, unusual points. Hmm, I haven't seen those like that. I would imagine, probably a bit more like this. Oh, that's increased the value because of those peculiar points. I don't know. I don't know. I've never done taxidermy. I've never stuffed anything. Um. Anyway, point is, that set on eBay were just under two grand Canadian. So if you've got a cracking set of moose antlers you might be in for nearly two grand. But a lot of these were like elk and stag. I think they're making it up, aren't they? It's a dodgy insurance claim. There's tons of elk in the States, at least. I know that. I'm sure there's uh, proportionately as many up here. That's one of the more... Yeah. That's the one that hunting licenses fly off the shelves for those because they're overpopulated, I think, in a lot of those places in the States, I know, for right. sure. And moose aren't endangered. They cull them in the Maritimes quite regularly. Yeah, exactly. So it's I don't understand. Surely it's supply and demand. The, the, we're not talking about rhino horn. By the way, all of that, particularly that last one mentioned, is grotesquely immoral and peculiar. But if you're into this type of thing, it must have a value, I suppose. Anyway, they say that the trailer was abandoned about 10 kilometres away, southeast of the shop where it was, where all this stuff was stolen. They say it's unclear how many people participated in the theft. Surely quite a few. It's going to take a while to shift 69 sets of antlers. They're not just heavy, but they're awkward. You can, One person, even if they could lift the weight, is not going to be able to hold a massive set of moose antlers. That's it. Antlers, by their very nature, are awkward. Exactly. That's almost the point in them. Yeah. They, they are supposed to be 
a quite a defensive weapon. Um, they say they, they've got no suspect descriptions. So they'll probably get away with this. One and a half million dollars worth. I'll tell you how you find them. I've got this for you. Don't worry. Look on eBay for antlers. All right. If you see them, that's probably them. If not, look for about 69 men walking down a country road looking very odd with odd headgear on. <laughs> I wonder if they're just doing it to trade it for that giant maple syrup heist that happened. Syrup for antlers. Syrup for antlers. And then also, many years ago, there was the most expensive bottle of Canadian whiskey. I think it was something like 10 grand stolen from the LCBO in Ottawa. That's well. funny. Is this is this like a really Canadian thief? Yeah, who has all of this stuff, just hoarding <laughs> antlers, yeah. whiskey, and syrup. He's in, he's in the woods, wearing the the wearing the colours. Yeah, bit of plaid. He's got a lot of tat about, and he's loving life. He might he might not even care that he's got millions and dollars millions of dollars worth of stuff. He just likes the Canadianness of yeah. it. Yeah, you know what? He's probably a bloody Texan. That would be the worst. Um, so far, your uh, advice on what I can do for a bloke called Mike War who put me up last night in his camper van. Do you call it a camper van? You don't, do you? Yeah, caravan, RV, camper. What's, what's RV? Recreational. Recreational vehicle. Uh, Maybe those are the only, only the big ones. The Billy Connolly thing, though, who's going to say no to that? If you don't laugh at Billy Connolly live on DVD, you're dead. Yeah. There's you, nothing left in your soul. Exactly. I saw him live once at Massey Hall. And two people walked out. And I wanted to go up to them and say, sorry, were you offended by the swearing? What did you expect? Exactly. That's the, he's sold and it's just such a <laughs> reputation. He and... hasn't changed. Did you think, oh, this, this would probably be clean. I... Last 40 years, he's been clean as a whistle. I would say it is actually cleaner than when he started out because there's I've seen old YouTube videos of him and it's brutal from the 60s and 70s right? as well. He's vicious. Yeah. Love him. Um, what else we got? Restaurant gift card. That's not a bad one. Gas card. Uh, thing is, he's really rich. And I'm, uh, uh, so I'm not trying to be tight. It's just he said he's got eight houses and he's only got a few years left to live. And I don't think he, I don't think he wants anything, in all honesty. But I want to give him something anyway. But you know, restaurant cards and gas cards, this is not a man that's short of money. It's more the thought that, it's the thought that counts. I've got a heart, you know. You might think I'm a savage, evil Englishman, and yes, I should be in some role on a film hanging out of a bloody building like the rest of us do. Hmm. Die Hard or whatever it was. Yeah, some of us have got hearts. All right, Simon Cowell's a prick, and so's... What's that one that's got a face like a fish? Pierce... What's his name? Pierce Brosnan? No, he's all right. Pierce, Pierce Morgan. That absolute... That's it. Numpty. But some of us... All right. Um... <laughs> Go back up there and take him out to a local strip club for a lap dance. You probably should become friends with this guy if he's got all that stuff. Uh, it's definitely the right way to go into friendship. I mean, also, he's had two heart attacks. He's only got about a few years left to live anyway. Can't, that'll finish him off. Mind you. What a way to go. Think positively. Just had a great suggestion. You should make him a lovely print. Oh, my Giddy Aunt Flo. Now, this is going to be a questionably immoral moment to now jump into an advert for old Vin's company. Why would I make him a print, Pat? Well, because uh, I think uh, 
if you have a digital photo that you would love enlarged oh, yeah. on uh, perhaps a canvas and you're looking for someone who could conveniently and affordably provide it to you. Right. You might want to seek MrPhotoCanvas.com. Oh, is that MrPhotoCanvas.com, the Toronto company that puts your image of perhaps an elk? He lives in the woods. On canvas and then um, prints it out like on canvas. Then you pay on pickup and then right, you pop it on your wall and it looks bloody great. I believe it's one in the same, MrPhotoCanvas.com. Beautiful. I feel... Like we might have crossed a line. Harnessing the good-natured comments from people on the phone to insert an ad on the back of the wonderful warm wishes of a dying man. I think this might be my lowest moment. I think it just means you definitely have to give him something now. <laughs> definitely now. <laughs> Pretty bloody big print, I reckon. Uh, Amanda Capito's coming in soon. I think I've got time to tell you about a chilli condom. Yeah, that's two words that you never want to hear together. Chilli and condom. Imagine that. Well, if you live in Tasmania and you're an elephant, you have to. Uh, conservationists in Tans... Oh, sorry, not Tasmania. <laughs> I'm geographically rather backward today. I was just as I was saying, I, was, I had no idea there was elephants in southern Australia. Let's try again. We'll cut that bit out of the podcast. This thing actually sounds professional when it goes out on the intertubes. Uh, conservationists in Tanzania, that well-known Australian island... Uh, are using an, an unorthodox way of keeping elephants from wandering into human settlements by throwing condoms filled with chilli powder at them. What? Uh, the methods have proved effective at the uh, Honey Guide Foundation, which hit upon the idea several years ago from training volunteers in villages in North Tanzania to use non-violent way of protecting their homes and crops. In other words, don't shoot them. If, if there's an elephant and he looks like he's going to step on your house... Chuck a condom full of chilli at him. So it's like a pepper spray water bomb? Yes, it is. Interesting. Now, when I first read this, I thought, and this is how stupid I am, that if your house was under threat, you had to run up to a large elephant and put a condom oh, no. full of chilli on its penis. Ah, it would kill you. <laughs> it would stomp you to death. I don't know much about elephants, but I'm going to say that that would be tricky. Yeah, a little bit. Also... Is that fair? I mean, even if he's really close to squashing your house, you can't do that to a man. And they're men. They've just got four legs. I think the elephant would rather be shot. <laughs> Chili powder mixed with soil is packed into a fry firecracker of a condom. The end is twisted shut uh, just as the fuse is exposed. Oh, my God, they put a firecracker in there as well. Oh, I guess to startle them, I guess. Yeah, and so it can blow out of the uh, rubber. Oh, yeah, sort of atomize it, get the dust all in the wow. air. Wow. When lit, the condom bursts open with a bang. <laughs> I said bang. It's not that funny. Uh, with a bang, spraying a fine dust of chilli powder into the air. One whiff is usually enough to send the elephant the other way. A last resort is a launcher that shoots a Roman candle firework into the air, producing a loud, bright explosion. The firework is also stuffed with chilli. We'll be back after I hold on to something. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. What time to call this, Amanda Capito? Hello. What time is this? <laughs> It's 9.49, but I'm here. Why are you late? 
I got stopped by a police officer. Why is that? Because apparently I blew through a stop sign. I didn't see it, though. So Oh, didn't you see it when you're on your phone? No, I wasn't. It was like so off to the side and hidden by trees. I'm taking it to court. Don't you even worry. Oh, really? It was hidden by foliage. Yeah, I went to go take pictures. It's fine. We'll leave it at that. Fair enough. I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank you. I genuinely would hate that to happen to me. Yeah, it's Um, annoying. By the way, since we're on the subject, uh, if you want my two penneth, uh, let's make 90% of stop signs, give way signs, and let's just keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell good old Johnny that. John, Tori, <laughs> you're listening to me. This is your mother. I, th- I figured I'd have more weight. Oh, that's great. I'm that's telling good. you now, stop the stop signs. Enough ro- of them. In an ironic stop of stops. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's harder on a motorbike because you just don't want to, do you? I mean, you don't want to in a car, but on a motorbike, you got to put your foot down, change yeah. gear, try and look cool. So all those things are impossible. It's a hard life here for Vinnie White. You know, the real sad thing, and I don't think you're going to want to hear this, I've blown through probably 45 stop signs what? today. Today? Yeah, I drove back from Lake Simcoe. That drives me bonkers. Because, you know, for <laughs> me, like, driving through a stop sign, it just feels wrong, you know? Everything in my body is like, you can't just drive through this. Like, I would never make the decision to just go right through. You know, rolling stops fine. So that's yeah. why when the cop stopped me and said, you just blew through a stop sign. I'm like, wait, I didn't even do a rolling stop? And she's like, <laughs> oh, the real she's like no, you went right through. I'm like, well, then I didn't see it for she sure. She might let you off a roller, but the, the full blow is too much. The full blow, I would never. Mm. I feel like most drivers are the same way. You just, every part of you knows that you should be stopping. Maybe if it's different when you're on a bike or a motorcycle, but in a car, you can't just, like, it's hard to blow right through. This is a, a point to Europe, because in Europe, essentially, they're optional. <laughs> just do what you want. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you guys have heard of these things. Just going to chuck it out there. Have I tried a roundabout? You want to try those? <laughs> they're pretty effective. <laughs> okay. Why am I always so down on everything, man? Um, what's, the, what's the Olympic shenanigans you wanted to talk about? Okay, so... This has just been very interesting for me to watch, and maybe no one else has witnessed this unfold, but it's nonetheless, I think it's a good story. So you know how hashtags, if you use Twitter or a lot of social media to categorize what you're talking about, you might use a hashtag? Hashtag do I ever. Yes. Okay. So like for the Olympics, the hashtag is hashtag Rio 2016. That's the official hashtag. So if you want to be tracking what's being talked about, you would look at that. So in the beginning, and I actually think this part is genuine. Um, the Olympic, the, the U.S. Olympic Committee was trying to take ownership of the hashtag, saying other brands can't use that hashtag and try to jump on the Olympic fever right. with their own campaigns. Right. But then people were battling that, being like a hashtag is it's not owned by anyone. No. It's free for all. So there was a little bit of conundrum around this. I think that part was genuine. I'm still trying to piece it all together. But then what happened was people obviously still used that hashtag. Mm. Even when just cheering on athletes, other brands, or, or for instance, the Pope used it just to talk about cheering on the... Now, and this is also an interesting thing. Where do you draw the line on a brand? Like, is the Pope a brand? Yeah, it's one of the biggest ones in the world. Right? So someone would say it's a brand, but also it's it's it, it's him. Like, it's a person. So mm-hmm. when does you, when does your personality become a brand? Are you a brand? Yes. See, but Are it's you hard. a brand? But, some, but see, I could argue yes and no, because mm. it's just me when I'm tweeting. Who, anyway. who got the stop ticket? Was that you or the brand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take that to the court. Maybe I'm like I'm not paying, uh, but the so what happened was because this came up in the beginning and where to draw the line of what's a brand and who can use this hashtag, even though it's supposed to be a community use. Mm. Um, there was this 
this Twitter account that was made with the Rio logo and it was saying we are tra- tracking who's not using the hashtag properly. And they were writing to the Pope. They were writing to the White House. They were writing to Donald Trump saying, you're a brand. You can't use Rio, hashtag Rio 2016. <laughs> And t- tweets were getting b- deleted. People were getting upset. So at first it made it look like it was the official. That's the whole right. thing. Just revealed a couple, like just this weekend that it was actually a communications company that saw the original conversation happening about the hashtag and wanted to make a satire out how ridiculous this was. Right. Created a bot, had them troll some of the biggest accounts. <sighs> Brilliant, right? Kind of, like it actually is really good. Yeah, and now it, just came all... out and said... If you need help with your communications or no, 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 like, look at us. Oh, and I hate them, but I love them. I know. I know. Me if you're too. over 40, by the way, listening to this, obviously you have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm barely clinging on. But in a bit to look cool, I'm pretending to acknowledge everything she says. Does that make sense, though? It does, yeah. Twitter, Twitter bot is not a person. It's a no, small it's program, a program written by a company that answers on your behalf or on, on whatever behalf And will track based on hashtags or keywords yeah. or sentiment. They can track what, you know, the, the overall sentiment of a message. And so now every, so now Twitter banned that account. So it's not, it wasn't a real, um, wasn't a real thing. It's very hard to police the internet though, isn't it? That's what it all comes down to. It was very foolish of the Olympic Committee to even attempt any of this. To even try to say don't use it. It's all very well saying you can't, like, if you're not an official sponsor, you can't put the rings outside your, you know, if you're Wendy's, you can't put the rings on your your storefronts. Yes. That's one thing. But to say, no, we're going to keep an eye on what you say on the intertubes. Yeah, like you can't comment on, on cheering on your nation's athletes. I don't know. It's supposed to, the Olympics is supposed to bring people together. Well, in a way it does, my friend. And what a beautiful transition did you know that in the last few hours probably while you were breaking the law (laughs) i am the worst friend in the world yeah you are um not only right has it brought people together metaphorically it's brought people together spiritually tell me more chinese diver proposes marriage at the olympic medal ceremony this is only a few hours ago wow yeah dramatic marriage proposals and there's proposing during the biggest sporting competition in the world chinese female diver Heezy, it's H-E-Z-I. What do you think? Heezy? Yeah, Heezy. Heezy. Um, female diver Heezy just received a silver medal for the woman's three-metre springboard. Three-metre springboard? Yeah. What, what does that mean? It's like three metres from the water. It's a diver. She's oh. a diver. <laughs> I thought that she'd done a springboard and she'd only got three metres. Oh, goodness. I could do better than that. Oh, then he loves sports. <laughs> You're listening to What's Our Sports Station? <laughs> TSN 1050, that. come on. See, I listen to it every day. It's always on my diet. <laughs> um, anyway, she ended up with an even bigger prize when her boyfriend went down on one knee during the medal ceremony. Wow. Beautiful. Luckily Wait, was for... he an athlete too? Yes, he was. Okay, exactly. Good. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Men's three-metre synchronised springboard. Okay. And he won last week. So they're doing oh, well. Oh, I love that. And I, I can't believe they haven't done a pun on this. She got a silver, he got a bronze, the ring was gold. That's perfect. I mean, get in. <laughs> I hope he said, wouldn't it be great if we had a gold to go with this? And she would say something like, oh, what do you mean a gold ring? And then again, boom, that's, boom. That's good. That's that's gold. Yeah. Um, we've been dating for six years, but I didn't expect him to propose today, she said. He, um, he said a lot of things and he's made a lot of promises. But I think... The thing that touched me the most is that I think I can trust this guy for the rest of my life. I hope you can trust him. I think that is a little bit soppy and we need to concentrate on the divorce statistics. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's a good... Sports proposals are a bit cheesy to me, but in that 
case, I think it works. I was going to do a competition with you, but I don't know if we've got time. How long we got, Pat? One and a half minutes. Mm, we'll Definitely to, not. We'll have to bump it to next week. I can give you two. Okay. All righty. Can you give me some <laughs> 50s music as well? <laughs> now you're pushing it. I've already pre-organized it. <laughs> See the things I do when you're breaking the law. Oh, never let me live this down. Criminal. <laughs> I have recently got hold of the 1955 Good Housewife's Guidebook, and I'm going to throw at you a couple of the things that are in the Good Wife's Guidebook uh, from 1955, and you have to tell me, are these in there or not? Okay. Have dinner ready. Plan ahead. Even the night before. To have a delicious meal ready. Yes. On top. Bing! Is correct. Prepare yourself. Take 15 minutes to rest and you'll be refreshed when he arrives. Touch up your makeup and pop a ribbon in your hair. Yes. Is correct. Clear away the clutter. Make one last trip through the main part of the house just before your husband arrives. Yes. Realise that you have a unique identity and to be subservient to someone consistently <laughs> is a dangerous thing and no. they can take advantage of your good nature. No. Tell him to pick up some of his own crap for once no. in his life and don't be pushed around by the bastard. <laughs> that sounds really Vinny to me. <laughs> yeah, so far so good. Um, achieve an environment of a safe sanctuary. Prepare a bong packed with nourishing marijuana for him. No. No, okay. Um, <laughs> Don't complain if he's late home for dinner or even if he stays out all night. Don't ask him questions about his actions or question his judgment or integrity. Remember, he's the master of the house. Ooh. No. Yes. Oof. That was actually genuinely in the 1955 Good Housewife's Guidebook. That one could have gone either way. Nowadays, I think we're living in a better world. Thank goodness. And on that lovely, cheerful end, I will bid you adieu, even though you're a criminal. <laughs> Thanks. I'll buy you a pint. I'm very sorry to hear that. <laughs> I deserve it more than you. Um, one great text, actually. This genuinely just came in. Keep an eye on the shrubbery around the stop sign as they may prune the foliage before the case is heard. Don't worry, I took pictures. Good. Thank you, texter. Always keep an eye on pruned foliage. See you next week, 9 o'clock. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Pat. And thank you. <laughs> 